the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so good. 22 years later, it gets attention, but not the right kind of attention as far as I'm concerned. 22 years ago is when this nation changed its trajectory forever. And we are so unmoored from what it was the day before, you know, when Rumsfeld admitted we lost $3 trillion. The day before, we are so unmoored from the America of yesteryear that it's now normal for low life, know nothing, do nothing, affirmative action morons to take away our fundamental rights and principles. It's now normal to be put under house arrest and argue like we were third world slaves. For our fundamental unalienable rights. And you trace it back. It wasn't COVID. It was September 11th. That changed everything. And we forget all about it. I don't forget. And I won't be wooed by moron children who have jobs and they get to pretend they're adults called reporters. They're idiots. Idiots. As you watch this crypt keeper fraud, saboteur, traitor and thief. The dimwood in diapers embarrass himself in our nation. But moreover, what is he doing? He's giving away not just principles, but he's giving away our money to the people who are directly linked to September 11th. And I want to thank the sponsors. And I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the conference of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam. So, so excuse me, Mohammed bin Salam and uh, President von der Leyen. Aside from the fact he's suffering from dementia and can't speak. That so-called king, prince, inbred moron in Saudi Arabia has always been directly linked. 15 of the 19 hijackers, Saudi Arabians, and never any answers. Never. In fact, we took a left turn and killed a million people in Iraq for no other reason than war profiteering. But I still have answers that I want yesterday. New evidence shows a direct link between two 9-11 hijackers and a man said to be on Saudi Arabia's intelligence agency payroll. We see them together in a newly released video. It was turned- I'm sorry, am I supposed to talk about how tragic, and we all know it is, that 3,000 innocent Americans were slaughtered? And am I supposed to blindfold myself with the flag or, or am I supposed to have the American reaction of whoever's responsible? I want their head on a spike. And instead, we're giving them our money. 
turned over to family members of 9-11 victims last month, along with more than 14,000 pages of documents. The evidence obtained from British authorities raises new questions about a long-standing question. Did the Saudi government assist the hijackers? The Saudi- By the way, this is from the 20th anniversary. Now it's the 22nd. Next year, it'll be the 23rd. And soon, the vast majority of Americans won't give a rip as you see these children reporters who were in their diapers like Joe Biden is today when the tragedy that changed the trajectory of our nation forever happened. And now they're believing whatever Blue Anon tells them. You see, that's what we have. Blue Anon, these idiots who vote for this dimwit in diapers as he not only humiliates our nation, but pays off on the bribery. Not just he participated in, he's a cog in the Blue Anon Mafia. But our our politicians, our so-called representatives, are turning over our nation to the people directly responsible for the mayhem in our country for the last 22 years. That's all I thought about this weekend, as this fool embarrassed us. Thank God he wasn't on our shores. India and the United States of America co-chair this initiative. And now, as the co-chair, I invite the President of the United States for his remarks. By the way, they co-chair... Our president can't speak, so he didn't speak much. So another prime minister embroiled in scandal after scandal, almost as many as Biden, by the name of Moody, who means guts on ghoul to us. He's the one making the rules in the financial world. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, all my colleagues. This is uh, someone once said in a similar domestic action that was positive. This is a big deal. This is a real big deal. And that stupid joke where he tries to pretend him and Barack, who likes him big and round, when he, they straddled us with Obamacare, and he said, this is a big freaking deal, back when he could almost form a sentence. That's what he's referring to. He doesn't know he's talking to a bunch of morons who aren't interested in anything he has to say, but in the money he's going to spread around. And what's he going to do with our money that he's going to spread around? A future of a greater, that presents greater opportunity, dignity, and prosperity for everyone. Last year, we came together as one to commit to this vision. And uh, this afternoon, I want to highlight the key ways in which the United States and our partners are working to make this a reality. Economic corridors. You hear that phrase more than oh, one. Shut up, you stupid son of a dog. Trains and nonsense in foreign countries. Your whole country's falling apart and wallowing in your failure and corruption, you idiot, traitor. And in the meantime, I still got some questions. Another development on Saturday. New York officials revealed at a news conference here in the city that a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. I can't believe it, squirrel. So the plane hits the building, and the little passport just floats down like Jiminy Cricket on the... Oh, okay. The whole frickin' thing stinks. These have always denied that. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Herridge has the CBS News exclusive. Less than two weeks after 9-11, these boxes of evidence containing personal notes and videos were seized by British police in Birmingham, England. You notice how it's always the British police or some other police? Where is the forever bothering Italians? Where are you morons? A quarter of a mile away. A quarter of a mile away from Madigan's mafia, Don, for 50 years. That's where you are. What are you guys, getting your hair cut? 
buried inside this home video from 2000, now being seen publicly for the first time. The event is described by the 9-11 Commission as a party at the San Diego apartment of two hijackers. While Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midar avoided the camera, Midar can be seen here. What are the odds that those two have parents that are cousin squirrels? Seeing how 80% of all marriages in Saudi Arabia are between cousins, I say they're pretty good. You inbred in the kitchen. Their team would later commandeer Flight 77, slamming it into the Pentagon. The party's host, a Saudi national, Omar al-Bayoumi, who British police arrested after 9-11, and from whom they seized the videos and documents. Three years after the attack, the 9-11 Commission said there was no credible evidence that Bayoumi believed in violent extremism or knowingly aided extremist groups. Though a newly declassified FBI memo from 2017 reports Bayoumi was on the payroll of Saudi intelligence of fa- what that's kind of big that's big so saudi intelligence was paying the hijackers i wonder is there any of our intelligence agencies that were paying them squirrel oh i think there was act that was not confirmed at the time of the 9-11 commission report i call him a facilitator because he helped him out last fall cbs news sat down with retired fbi agents danny gonzalez and ken williams who investigated the hijacker support network what'd you find danny whatever you found put you in retirement didn't it both now work for the 9-11 families. He helped them with apartments. He helped them with bank accounts. He was also an employee of the government of Saudi Arabia. Among the records, a notepad containing a handwritten drawing of a plane and mathematical equation that an expert said in a court filing could be used to calculate the rate of descent to a target. Bayoumi is believed to be living in Saudi Arabia. We've tried to reach him through the Saudi embassy. It did not respond to our questions, yeah. but said in a statement last year, and any Saudi allegation that Saudi busy. Arabia is complicit in the September 11th. Yeah. Saudi Arabia said he's busy. He can't come to the phone. He's busy. He's sleeping with his cousin. And what is our government's answer? I want to thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. One earth, one family, one future. That's the focus of this uh, G20 summit. Nah, not for me, Joe. You see, any of these inbreds who were in on the attack and killed my Mar- American fellow citizens and are celebrating and now are beneficiaries of my money, they can kiss my firm red, white, and blue ass. We're not one family. But then again, I feel the same way about your crooked ass. I expect over the next decade, economic corridors. As you work to address infrastructure gaps across Ooh, economic corridors, I wonder, will it be a corridor like you get on it from the Jane Byrne exit ramp that cost the Illinoisans, what, twice what the Hoover Dam cost, took five times as long? Is that going to be the, the, how you doing? How you doing, contractors? Are they going to get all those jobs in Saudi Arabia? I wonder. We need to maximize the impact of our investments. Yeah. That's why a few months ago I announced that the United States will work with our partners. To no, 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 that's not what you did. That's not the, the benefit, and you're not trying to mend fences. You're just capitalizing on corruption, as you always do. Speaking of capitalizing on corruption, what exactly changed September 11th? I mean, aside from the fact we killed a million Iraqis, nobody knows why. What happened in Afghanistan? We don't know. Uh, we got the good guy. Where is he? He's at sea. Sure he is. I'm getting awful sick and tired of believing these lying bastards. In the meantime, what really happened? On May 7, 2015, the Federal Court of Appeals in New York ruled that the National Security Agency's collection of American phone records in bulk is illegal. Specifically, they ruled that the practice did not fall under the scope of the USA Patriot Act. See, what happened is the government turned on its people. That's when we, 
became the slaves unquestionably. And if you wiggle too much, you're going to have a problem on your hand. And then there was the testimony of the 20th hijacker. Now, I can't tell by the looks of this simpleton if he is, in fact, an inbred Saudi Arabian. However, he had some allegations he wanted to talk about. Explosive claims from the man known as September 11th's, quote, 20th hijacker. CNN learned that convicted terrorist Zacharias Moussaoui recently... Dad, let's not get it mixed up, squirrel. I want you to put this guy in the Z column. This is in the Z column. Wrote two federal courts to two federal courts offering inside information about Al-Qaeda and connections to the Saudi royal family. CNN's oh. Deborah Farrick joins me here on set. Where they're all cousins. However, at the wedding, you never have to introduce yourself to anybody. You know each other. You're all related. Uh, you actually covered the Musawi trial, so you know a lot about this man. Tell us, are, are his claims being taken seriously? Well, it's very interesting, because even back then there were a lot of serious issues about what he knew mm-hmm. and whether, in fact, he was crazy. In fact, he was diagnosed a paranoid schizophrenic. But to carry Musawi... You know when that diagnosis came in, Squirrel? After he pled guilty. So a paranoid schizophrenic is to be discounted for everything he says. However, he can still plead guilty. Don't you like Democrat-run sewers? He has often been portrayed as the missing 20th hijacker. Now in a four-page handwritten letter, he's reviving old claims that have so far been debunked that a specific Saudi prince and princess were involved in financing 9-11. Here's the good news. We'll never find out. Because not only are we embroiled in, what, nine conflicts, the Saudi Arabian family is the pimp to this dimwood in diapers, this traitor and thief. But it didn't start with him started with a Republican. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. (laughs) He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. I said, is it classified? He said, yes, sir. I said, well, don't show it to Who wrote it, Squirrel? Karnak? Because that's exactly what we did. And what happened the day before? We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. We cannot share information from floor to floor in this building because it's stored on dozens of different tech. And where it's stored, Squirrel, that's where the plane went right into the budget office. But that's okay. We killed a million people in Iraq. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Boy, are we ripe for another one, though, huh, Squirrel? Right. And look at since this dimwit in diapers, this traitor and thief, usurped the most powerful office in the world. 
What exactly has happened to our American policy? How many people are in the country? We have no fracking idea. You know who has an idea? Somebody who works his ass off for his living. Somebody who sees what's happening on the ground. Jim, in his car, has an idea. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Love your show, man. Thank you, brother. I love the fact um, that you're working and you're listening to me. Thank you. So I was I was uh, delivering pizzas on Saturday, and I happened to go to uh, a hotel in Countryside, and there was a whole bunch of young men and women in Army uniform, and I asked them if they were coming back from deployment, but they were going out. And you know where they were going? Where? One of the countries, Wesley Clark. Poland. Oh. Poland. Yeah, well, they got to get ready to invade as Polish soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, World War Three, man. Buckle your seatbelt. Here it comes. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you very much. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But one thing's for sure. Joe Biden is enriching his paymasters. Oh, yes, he is. Forget about the infrastructure here. You know, the one that you pay for daily and your municipalities and your county and your state steals the money from the taxes you already pay. And then they come up with omnibus bills and the inflation reduction. Now we're just going to give the money away so that countries like us and they buy our Ponzi scheme dollar. In practice, it means we're focusing on regional infrastructure projects that deliver results across multiple countries and in multiple sectors. And today... Uh, Did you sign up for that? When you pay taxes, did you say, hey, take my money and build a bridge in Saudi Arabia, you crooked bastard? Where did that... Was that in the... I didn't read the fine print of when I pay my taxes. Or am I supposed to blindfold myself with the flag and pretend the Republicans are the good guys? See, you're not the good guys either. Rumsfeld, Republican. Bush, Republican. A lot of Republican scallywags, not to mention the Illinois lobbyists who used to be politicians. They're just scumbags. Hey, I'm proud to announce that we've finalized a historic agreement for a new uh, India, Middle East, Europe economic corridor. As, uh, as a key part of this corridor, we're going to invest in ships and rail. But we're broke. Hey, moron, since the Republicans gave you a blank check, you're already at $33 trillion. Hey, moron. Uh, does it really matter? I mean, everybody's starting to know he's just an idiot, a punchline. And there's a my my brother loves having his famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one one of them is there's there's a movie about John Wayne. He's an Indian scout, and they're trying to get the I think it was the Apache, one of the great tribes of America. Was there a movie, Squirrel, Death Takes a Holiday? What the hell is keeping all these old bags alive? Jimmy Carter, still alive! Back on the reservation, and he's standing with the Union, so he's, they're all on, uh-huh. and, and they're on their horses and their saddles. And there's it's a great story, Squirrel. It gets better in the end. Headdresses uh-huh. and the Union soldiers. Okay. The Union soldiers basically saying, the Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you, we'll be everything will be good. And the Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soul and says, he's a lion, dog-faced pony soldier. What do you think John Wayne would have said to you, you wrinkled-ass old crook? John Wayne would have slapped the dentures out of your mouth and the taste. Uh, uh, There's a lot of lion, dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming. But not anymore. All of a sudden, they all realize it. It's a problem. And there's nothing like seeing the light. For And uh, I see. I'm just following my orders here. Still a 
alive! Uh, Jim and Lyle. Sean, did you happen to see Miranda Devine, the woman who wrote the laptop from Hell's tweet this afternoon? I did not, brother. I was, uh, I'd like to say I was doing right, something well, exciting. Me, let, I was walking on the beach with my top off. Go ahead. Well, that's good for you. Uh, so let me summarize. She's saying it's, she has a nagging suspicion that she can't get rid of, that she thinks that it's possible that Dementia Joe is all a con and that he runs meetings like uh, chairman of the board in private. People defer to him and they can't get over how bright he is. And all this public, you know, where he's bumbling and stumbling is all a con. What do you think? Jim, years ago, the year before Barack, who likes him big and round, ran. I used to deal with in a cigar store in River Forest, and there was this big, fat, scumbag Marxist fraud. And we would argue in a cigar store back in River Forest. But he worked for Don Harmon. He was his right-hand guy. All right? So uh, I, wanted, I was taking my kids out, and I went to a restaurant, and I walked in the back room. And here is this kid, along with some guys who I saw through the Obama administration, sitting in the back room. And they were talking about the best way to get their mafia into Washington. And I broke up the meeting. I said, oh, I'm sorry I broke up your communist meeting. And he laughed and said, yeah, you have no idea. So I saw him uh, about a week later in the cigar store. His wife, the other guy's wife, they all went to work for Barack Obama. And lo and behold, in the next few months, he was the front runner. He ran for president. And all of them. All moved to Washington, D.C. The entire infrastructure of Chicago communists followed him. So if you think these idiots are as, as, as uh, uh, their ideas are the ones that are being implemented, you're wrong. It is the infrastructure of Marxism and communism and corrupt government supremacy that runs the government. They're laughing at us that we put up with this dimwit in diapers. He's humiliating himself and the nation. But when you think about it, Jim. That was what Barack Obama and his cohorts always wanted to do. They wanted to humiliate us. They wanted to this take us down. Don't you remember Barack all, Obama? Sean, this all traces to Obama. There's no doubt in my mind. That's why Obama is somebody they, they utilized. Make no mistake, this traces to the American communist movement, which is 100 years old in this country. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show. Where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up? Nice, and according to Tucker Carlson, he likes other things. Ew. In the meantime, when it comes to you, one of the uh, kind of scandals of this imbecile, this dimwit in diapers, this fraud of a human being, this asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, some call president, was that his daughter's diary has, has been found, turned up. She abandoned it in a property. And in his daughter's diary, I'm speaking specifically of this facade of a man, Joe Biden. His daughter has an allegation that he liked to shower with her. Okay, Now, Democrats, as you can tell by their agenda, they're despicable human beings, in my opinion. Despicable! They have no problem. They've been trying to normalize all kinds of perversions, in particular with children, for decades. But this is something that was redacted from YouTube. In fact, I had to find it 
on Rumble. I think it might still be up on Instagram. But this was found, I found this uh, over the weekend. It apparently took place a week and a half ago. You're one sexy kid. Don't tell mommy what I told you. You got it? The mother says, I'm recording this. Oh, you're recording. And his imbecile Secret Service. Really, you guys are a real piece of work, too, you frauds. You cohorts of corruption. You've been around for decades as they've been selling out our nation. You've been around for decades. He's talking to an eight-year-old little girl. Let's hear it again. Eight-year-old little girl. You're one sexy kid. Don't tell mommy what I told you. Are you out of your mind? If there was a relative that said that to my kid, you'd be calling the police on me. Book it. Book it. In the meantime, this is normal. Commonplace. And during the break, I got a text message, and I want to be very clear about something. A lot of people have my phone number. You can get my phone number. It's not that bad. So some people I know, some people I don't know, some people I casually know. I must not be conveying myself accurately because this is somebody who thinks they're supporting me, but I don't think they're getting it quite right. You're right. The country's trajectory was changed after 9-11. Our intelligence and military were caught blind slash flat-footed. I think you're missing the point. You see, when Ronald Reagan left office, the debt was $2.7 trillion. There had been a lot of profiteering of money to the military-industrial complex. When Bill Clinton left office, the debt was $5.6 trillion. It's $33 trillion. What happened after September 11th is the idea that we would support blindly military interventions in murder and mayhem and profiteering. You see, it's all a freaking lie. I want you to listen. This is the part about General Wesley Clark's tape that is truly scandalous. Truly scandalous. Not that we're going to invade Iraq. I want you to listen to the end. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. See, so here's my he allegation. Said, I guess they don't. You think that that's flat-footed? That's not flat-footed. That's a plan. That's intentionally turning a blind eye if you're kind. If you look at the Saudi Arabian assets, 15 of the 19, you can find direct payments to the Saudi Arabian intelligence. By the way, are you unaware that we're killing people in Yemen because the Saudis are at war with them? And Barack, who likes them big and round, annihilated them as he annihilated in Syria and all the other places. All the other places, Wesley Clark articulates in the clip. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. (laughs) He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to Al Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to 
take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. I said, is it classified? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> I said, that's well, exactly what we did. They didn't miss anything. Ooh, I missed it. They needed it. That's my allegation. Let's be very clear. Nothing was missed. It was incentivized. How's that? Have I been clear, Squirrel? I think I have. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Sean, John O'Neill used to be an FBI agent. He should have been director. He went to work at the uh, 9-11 building, and uh, fortunately he died. You're going to have these uh, people from Morocco and Turkey. You had an earthquake early in the year. They're going to be coming over here. It's not just going to be Latin America. And immigration is going to get way worse. You just wait and see. Did you see what happened at the G20 with Lula? You know, Lula's a communist. Lula's a freaking communist. Oh, yeah. And that Modi, with Joe Biden standing there with dribble on his lip, the stupid son of a dog that he is, sat there as they hand him the gavel and celebrate him. See, Joe Biden is an asset of the communists in this country and around the world. He's an asset. He's a traitor. He's not. And, and I hate when people give him the, he's just stupid. Like another Chicago Democrat. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I, 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 I filled the wrong pothole. That's just a stupid foot soldier. What I'm saying is, is not a stupid, but a traitor, an absolute traitor. Here is Luna. A South American communist. With predictable problems steering his domestic agenda through Congress, the area where the Lula government in Brazil has most been able to make its early mark is foreign policy. That was highlighted on Tuesday with a summit meeting organised by Lula, South American heads of state converging on Brasilia to discuss regional integration. Under Brazil's previous regime of Jair Bolsonaro, they frequently snarled at left-leaning neighbours. Lula. No, they, they snarled at communism. You have to realize what you're talking But now at the G20, with the dimwit and diapers some call president sitting there, he's celebrated. Modi hands Lula the gavel. Here it is. It's all in foreign, but you get the gist of it. I... Presidency ka gavel sopta hoon. See, I didn't watch men in tights chase balls. I don't give a rip about the Bears or the Packers. I don't give a rip. This is what I did this weekend. I watched my country be betrayed from its fracking president, so-called. In the meantime, the real president had a different take on a lot of things. In fact, we never would have been in the position we're in on virtually any front. Donald, what do you think about all this? You're a developer. You've built buildings all your life. Well, there's never been anything like this. It's disgraceful. And I hope we attack fast. I hope we find out who it is and go fast. Okay. Why do you want to come down here today? I have about 100 men working down here, so just to spur them on. I've this is from the day of the attack. He had 100 men there. He sends another 100. Folks. Hi, folks. I have over 100 men out, and I hear doing an amazing job, so I just want to give him some support. These are men from here in the building? Yeah, men from my company. We have another 100 coming in a little while. They've been down here for about a day and a half. What, have you talked to other developers? Are they donating their time, their, their men's work? Well, I hope they are. I haven't really focused on that. But we have a lot of people coming down here and a lot of people down here now. And they're brave guys. A couple of them got hurt. But we're, uh, I just want to spur them on a little bit. What did you think when you heard about this? I was just down to Ground Zero. Ground Zero is a disaster. 
Um, I've never seen anything like this. I hope we act very quickly. I hope we find out who did it. But we never really found out who did it. In fact, it looks like we pay off people who did it. And when he questioned it on a phone call, he was attacked. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through this deal? I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded almost simultaneously. Uh-oh. So I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Most buildings are built with the steelers on the inside around the elevator shaft. This one was built from the outside, which is the strongest structure you can have. And it was almost just like a uh, like a can of soup. You know, Donald, we were looking at pictures all morning long of that plane coming into uh, building number two. And when you see that uh, approach the the far side and then all of a sudden, within a matter of a millisecond, the explosion pops out the other side. Right. I just think that there was a plane with more than just fuel. I think obviously they were very big planes. They were going very rapidly because... I was also watching where the plane seemed to be not only going fast, it seemed to be coming down into the building. So it was getting... Now, forget about the fact that uh, planes uh, often have to land emergency when they hit a bird and they break and whatnot. But don't think. You see, Donald Trump's problem is he thought. He didn't just buy whatever the government that is full of pathological liars that has never told the people of this country the truth since arguably World War II. And it depends how deep you get in it. You find out how many Republicans and Democrats banked with the Nazis. In the meantime, his problem was he thought. The speed from going downhill, so to speak. Uh, it just seemed to me that to do that kind of destruction is even more than a big plane. Because you're talking about taking out steel, the heaviest caliber steel that was used on a building. I mean, these buildings were rock solid. And, uh, you know, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing. It's, this country is different today. And, and it's going to be different than it ever... Because it was overtaken. Not from outside, but from inside. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I can't remember nothing, no, no, no. Teddy Pendergrass didn't buy it either. He's dead, but that's all right. I can speak for Ted. Friend of mine, whatever you do, don't mention Building 7. No, 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 no. Not going to mention Building. I completely, I, what was it, debris? The debris was hot. Landed on the roof. Fire burned. All the servers for the CIA and the FBI. All going, oh, I understand. I completely believe what Blue and On told me. I really do. I'm not going to mention that. And I won't talk about the options that were put on for the short side of the market. I won't talk about the owner of the World Trade Center, who every day, him and his family like to have breakfast, specifically breakfast at that uh, restaurant at the top. What was it? Windows of the World. But that day, they all went to the dentist. I, I absolutely believe everything they say. Another development on Saturday, New York officials revealed at a news conference here in the city that a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. Yeah. And it didn't get burned up by the debris that set Building 7 on fire. No. It floated down like Jiminy Cricket landed right on the sidewalk. I got it. you got to be an absolute freaking moron. But those are the people that vote for this imbecile in diapers. Where is he with the sexy kid? You're one sexy kid. Don't tell. So anybody who would vote for any Democrat, number one, I give a rip what you think about anything, you fracking useful idiot, if I'm kind to you. You want to be gangster if I can think. 
anybody that votes for this specific Democrat. I don't give a rip what you think about anything, you morons. You, you leeches on the ass of this country. You speed bumps of humanity. I don't care. Uh, who do I want to go with? Glenn in Oakbrook. Hey, Sean. Love the show. I got two, I two things for you. The, the uh, FISA policy is up for renewal this year. Oh, it'll I pass. Don't it worry. get renewed. No, it's already. I, it's it just, a, believe me, it's like a debt ceiling. It's going to pass. FISA, we love it. Take away all of our freedoms, and let's pretend it's a court system, like a kangaroo in Venezuela. Okay, good. They're judges. Yeah. yeah. The other item is that anybody that tells, their, tells a child not to tell your parent is miswired inside and is sick. Yeah. We used to have a guy in Melrose Park took care of all the guys who told people not to tell their parents. His nickname was Ice Pick. Thank you very much. Uh, Craig and Mount Gray, what? Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. And as usual, man, you are on fire, hitting it right out of the park. Well, these are the days that aggravate me, because I remember them when you wasted 3,000 lives, and you used it as an excuse to make the most corrupt, the Cheneys, that fat ass with those ugly kids, make him what? He's a billionaire? We'll never know. He's got money in Cyprus, like Igor Kolomoisky. Go ahead. You're not kidding, man. I mean, when I think about it, it makes me sick. 22 years ago with the Goofy Patriot Act, and now we see what it is. They, they used the excuse it was going to take and be because we're so threatened by terrorists coming into our country, and we got to do all this. Okay, they use all of that damn, they use all of that power and everything, all against, like, parents, uh, pro-life people, spying on Trump, going after Christians, going after conservatives, gun owners, you name it. They go after all of us. You know who warned us about that, Craig? Do you remember that who damn warned us? Border. Do you remember who warned us about that? Squirrel, you remember. I believe he was referred to as a traitor, right? What was his name? Snowden? Oh, he worked, remember, with the NSA. How's the NSA doing? Oh, I think their records. That was in Building 7, right? They didn't keep the NSA records? Yeah. How much is their budget? Don't worry about it. No other details were given, but the discovery prompted the FBI and police to expand their, the search area. Do- yeah, you're on the case, you morons. We'll be back. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. September 11th, 22-year anniversary, America circa 2023. Principles of our nation, the idea of patriotism, and the brave warriors that act upon it versus the cowards that ride on their coattails and profit from it. We focus the first hour of the show specifically on the cowards and the profiteers of policy, the politicians. It's time now to focus on the warriors that joined, that fought for all the right intentions, regardless of how the profiteers steered and profited from them. You never, ever can take away the patriotism of the warriors. My next guest is one of those warriors, a recon Marine with over 20 years' experience, Tommy Waller. Tommy, how are you? Hey, good, sir. Thank you for having me on. Tommy, I love having you on. All right, I love having you on, even though I hate some of the policies that made you the warrior you are, because that's always the story of 
unfortunately, so much of our foreign policy. Because there are guys like you that join and want to spread Americanism and want to defend this country. And there are the profiteers that bastardize the principles of it. And when I think about America 2023, I remember my daughter was in, she was all wrapped up. Back then, you used to call it a cigar wrap. She was six months old when the towers happened. I was at work. I worked at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. We were supposed to be a target. And everything that happened and how angry and mad I was. My wife has said, you know, begging me, oh, don't get crazy. You got a kid, you know, because I wanted, like you, everybody, I wanted to go out there and kick somebody's teeth in. Did our government take advantage of that, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, Sean, they, they did in, in the wrong ways. What you express is a righteous anger. Uh, you know, um, when we see things like 9 11, we ought to be righteously angry. We ought to be. Uh, putting ourselves on a war footing, but uh, you know the first step of actually winning any fight uh, is to understand who you're up against, to understand your enemy. And we failed uh, in that regard when it came to the jihadi enemy. The U.S. government catastrophically failed to understand that enemy, and, and so that's why you see so much, uh, you know, really wasted uh, effort and loss. I mean, the, the collapse of Afghanistan was the culmination of two decades of the entire national security apparatus of the U.S. government willfully failing to understand their enemy. Tommy, I, uh, I, I'm down in Naples, Florida. I live down in Naples, Florida, and I go to a place that has a lot of old timers, right? It's a cigar store, and we sit around, and I've got a lot of conversations, phenomenal brains. And I've got two, two colonels, one Marine, one Army. But they're from a different era. They're from the Vietnam era. And we talk often about so much of what happened. I have a unique, they've helped me expand my own perspective. And it's a brilliant perspective that you can only really have from the inside of the operation. I was able to meet General Wesley Clark, a brief conversation with him uh, at Mar-a-Lago during the filming of 2000 Mules. And he's a fascinating guy. He got up and spoke, and I, you know, wonderful guy. And he said something in an interview that I was not at, but I find fascinating. I'd love your take on this. Do you mind me playing this clip for one second? About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon, and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld. And one of the generals called me, and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. I said, is it classified? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> I said, well, don't show it to You know, when I hear that clip, Tom, it's infuriating to me because that's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. And I'm, I love this country. I love it. And I had uncles that fought in World War II cousin I never met in Vietnam, another uncle that changed his life in Vietnam, and all the, all the stuff I grew up in the 80s and all the stuff we saw. Ultimately, 
I can love my warriors and love the principles and hate the profiteers of policy, can't I? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so do I. Um, you know, this is something actually that a very decorated Marine, uh, you know, once wrote a book uh, about war is profit, you know. Uh, war is a racket is the actual name of the book uh, after his experience in, in the banana wars in, in Central America and World War I. Uh, this, this is something that has been going on for a long time. And it's important for, you know, it, it's what's a shame is that it, the founders did not intend for our military to be used in an expeditionary fashion for profit, right? I mean, they, they created... Uh, this system where the Congress is, has the power to declare war or not, right? And what's happened is, of course, the executive branch has taken advantage of, a, you know, a competent, militarily competent uh, Department of Defense for many years. Now, I'd argue that that competence has um, drastically diminished. Uh, this is not to say that a lot of our guys and gals in uniform today are any less patriotic or, or, or that they're not working really hard at their job. But the people who are in charge of them, uh, not all, but most of, I would say many, if not most of the general officers that are in charge of today's military, drastic and catastrophic lack of competence. And uh, and I can give you some examples of well, why it's, that's my professional opinion. Tommy, the, the other thing is you have been beating the drum about the vulnerability we have in our own country. And yet here we are, all of this chaos and the, the seven places that uh, Wesley Clark warned us of and the trillions and trillions of dollars. This weekend, I, I'm sorry, Tommy, I know you're, you're a respectful guy. You're not like me. But this, this moron pretending to be the president went over to the G20 and contributed our tax dollars with no number and no specificity to build the very infrastructure of true trillionaires in the Saudi government and all the rest of it, the Indians and all the rest of it, all the, China, the, the collaborators against us. And all the questions, the unanswered questions we have on the anniversary we're recognizing today, September 11th, all of it tied back to the Saudi Arabian family and the rest of it. And there's nothing, nobody's saying a word. I don't see any politicians elected saying a word. And I'm wondering, guys like you who were in there doing things for the right reasons and even questioning them as you were doing them, are there enough of you guys motivated now to run and say, we were there and we will make sure that chaos will never happen again? Are you seeing a push among guys your age who served and are ready to just recognize the problems and fix them? You know, Sean, I, I see some of that, uh, but I also see a lot of, a lot of folks my age with, with uh, a certain level of experience that know how bad the Republic, what, what sort of shape we're in, and recognize that they can make the most difference wherever they live. I mean, in law enforcement, uh, emergency management, you know, the, the federal bureaucracy, the administrative state that's been built out over the past 75 years uh, is such a force of ineptitude right now that it, we're the Center for Security Policy. Look, we try to help people that want the help in the federal government, but by and large, and I just republished an article today on our website. I, I wrote this article two years ago. I just hit republish. 
because it's even more yeah. applicable today, which is that, uh, you know, local responders are, are absolutely vital as the federal government flounders. And so that's what, you know, gives me some hope is that people, I, I see people just doing what they can where they are with their own communities. Because we, right now, the U.S. military, let me give, let me give you an example real quick. When I talk about professional competence, right? We, after the whole January 6th thing, which they call an insurrection, of course it was, you know, yeah. uh, there was some riotous people there, right? We go through this, I was a commander at the Went through this whole extremism in the ranks stand down, hundreds of man hours spent for this, quote, training. And do you know that the material that we, that we received to, quote, train our Marines on, quote, extremism, you know what it did not have in it? Well, when we're sitting here on sep- September 11th and we're thinking about jihadis that flew airplanes into our buildings, killing thousands of Americans, we think about the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq that we fought against jihadis, right? We're talking about Islamic jihad, not just quote terrorism, Islamic jihad. In the extremism in the ranks training, six examples, real world examples, of US Army service members that took the lives of their fellow Americans were not included as extremists, right? Two thousand Fort Hood, yeah. Yeah, so 2003, Sergeant Hassan Akbar. 2009, what you just mentioned, Major Nadal Hassan. 2012, PFC Nasser Abdo. 2015, Specialist Hassan Edmonds. 2018, Ika Eric Kang. And 2021, the same month that we have to do this, you've got PFC Cole Bridges charged with attempting to provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization and attempting to murder U.S. military service members. So that's the U.S. military of today, Sean where the general officer's in charge, okay? And mind you, this is within, I mean, this is the number one focus in the beginning of 2021, extremism in the ranks training. And these are the six examples they leave out. Within months, what do we say happened in Afghanistan? The entire thing collapses and we hand the Taliban not only billions of dollars worth of weapons, millions of dollars worth of cash, but they literally handed them the list of American citizens' names. They handed that to the telephone. See, I, I mean, they're traitors. I mean, Tommy, there's no other way to. They're traitors. They're saboteurs. This is this is this can't be incompetence. This is intentional, brother. And, and and when you look at the border, you and I talked briefly in our last conversation. We don't know who these guys are. They keep talking. I, since I'm since the '80s, they are oh, 12 million illegal aliens. There's 45 if there's one, and the vast majority of the ones that came after after the dimwits stole the office. As far as I'm concerned, not my words, not yours. They're men. They're not families like when I was a kid. They don't move into the neighborhood. They want to get a job and make their kid. These are men. I see all the news clips. Men, 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 men. I think we're being invaded. And I think our government opens the doors. Yeah, military age men. Uh, But listen, and I think you know this too, Sean. It's not just the men. There's also, there's young girls being abused. One of our colleagues was just on the border um, with Michael Yawn and uh, a whole bunch of very sophisticated observation equipment. And, you know, what he, he's, he's working on a report right now that we'll publish as soon as we can uh, get it finished. And, and, you know, he's just describing these, uh, these young girls being brought across the border by these military-age men, right? Drugged. They can tell that they, they can't even hardly walk, right? So you're talking about terribly evil things. And when you talk about the numbers, Sean, you just mentioned, it, it's the size of the entire United States Marine Corps that comes through the border every single month. Yes, it's an absolute invasion. 
Yeah. And, and this is, you are right. This is willful. You, like, you don't do this on accident. You, no. you, don't sue, you don't sue the Texas government to prevent them from putting barriers up unless you're doing it on purpose, right? Yeah. So, I, look, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Tommy Waller, I have you on the show, and I, I, I mean, I, 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 we've never met face-to-face, but I, 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 lo- I, I love everything you did. I want you to do more. And when I asked you that question about guys with your experience in running, you know I'm talking about you, right, kid? I mean, you're the president and CEO of the Center of Security Policy. You have every issue. You have every aspect. You have every credential. You got to run, brother. All right. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate that vote of confidence. That what, here, what, we exist so that we can take the right information to all the people that do run. And uh, look, I'll, if God ever calls me to do that, uh, you know, if, if he if it's my creator saying do it, well then. Uh, but I appreciate the. Uh, I got the first check. And it ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna impress you, but it'll be more than I gave my prom date. I promise you. All right. <laughs> I look forward to having a cigar with you one day. Sean, thank you, Tom. Thank you for. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tommy Waller. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Call Sean now. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. AM five sixty. The answer. Come on. Man, oh man. It's like being at Barack and Michelle's wedding. I love it. In the meantime, interesting stuff. Now, listen, Squirrel, as I've told you before, when somebody worth hundreds of millions of dollars who's got a better stock-picking record than any of the legendary hedge fund guys from Fink at BlackRock all the way down to Arthur Cutton, way back when the market really ran on fundamentals, nobody has the stock record of this dimwit. Post-op Pelosi, who's high on Demerol, martinis, or something. And how we go forward has to be in a way that unifies America, that just doesn't further divide. And nobody is better at that than Joe Biden, the most empathetic, a visionary, a knowledgeable person with great judgment, a strategic thinker. No, he's a moron. He's a corrupt whore, much like yourself. He is a corrupt asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. And here's another thing about tranquility. You, you loser, you fraud, you inside trading dimwit, you don't ever tell me to compromise with you or anybody like you. So when the Democrats, who still are proud of themselves because their mommy and daddy bought them a house in Park Ridge or River Forest or Oak Park, don't ever tell me to compromise with your failure. You're a Democrat. Now stand in the corner with your dunce cap on because only you would support the kind of mafia dons that destroyed a once great city a once great county, a once great state, and a once great country. I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam. So, excuse me, Mohammed bin Salam. We have done the stupidest thing. Yeah, we have, Trump. We have done the stupidest things. He cannot speak in sentences. That's if you just say, ah, he's a Democrat, but he has dementia. But above all, he's thinking the Saudis who are responsible who are responsible for absolute mayhem and the total control of the most important commodity, the ones you guys hate because of the global warming. But it's the same one that put those roof tiles that your grandpappy bought you the house in Park Ridge and River Forest because you're a bust-out trust fund, baby. You you hate yourself because you know you can't live up to your grandpappy's idea of a man. So you want to tear down the system that made your grandpappy rich, ironically harming yourself. I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam. 
So, so excuse me, Mohammed Salam. Uh-huh. We've done the stupidest things in this country. Uh, and now we have a president that can't put two sentences together, can't speak, can't walk, can't talk. But he's a Democrat. And the Democrats, you step and you fetch, slave. And if you're lucky, we'll give you a little walking around money. Many of you are foreign policy experts who have been engaged for a long time. Did you ever think you'd be sitting at a G20 conference where everyone was preoccupied with the notion of global warming? Not a joke. Did you ever think that? Not a joke. Don't jump. Like my mama used to say. My mom and dad, thin walls, banging all the time. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Aggravated on these anniversaries where I'm supposed to yeah, pretend know, yeah. that Democrats are so anything I. other than what they are, traitors. So am I. Yeah. But I'd like to uh, uh, ask all the listeners out there to say a special prayer for all of the uh, lives that were lost, for their families, and for all the people that did whatever they could to save as many lives as they could on that tragic yeah. day 22 years ago. And the last thing I'd like to say is the people should remember this day in uh, 9-11, 2023, and ask, where was Joe Biden? Why wasn't he in New York showing the respect that he should to all of the families who lost loved ones? This guy's I, an embarrassment. Of course he's an embarrassment. I, and, you know, you're a wonderful guy, and you call on the weekend, and then and I love it. I love it. You're a wonderful man. But I'm wondering, I'm not, I'm not up on the prayers. I really am not, admittedly. I admit I'm not up on the prayers. Can I uh, include in the prayers, I will avenge you? Can I do that? I like to do that. In the meantime, when it comes to recognizing the kind of scoundrel that Joe Biden is. Where's the Peter Ducey clip, honey bunny? Where is it? Got it. Well, uh, our focus the last couple days has been on President Biden here in South Asia. And when I asked a White House official why it is that President Biden was here and missing the 9-11 commemorations at the attack sites, the analogy that I was given is that 22 years after Pearl Harbor, U.S. presidents were not still going to visit Hawaii. Well, you, you listen, here's why. Here's the reason, the real reason you're not going to lose one vote. Joe Biden can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and not lose one vote. He didn't lose one vote when they all knew he was a bag man for Xi Jinping. They liked it when they all. And now you listen to the idiots. See, by the way, there was an idiot when I started the show. She uh, worked for Kamala Harris, and she's bald. In fact, not only is she bald, she's got an elongated head like the OBGYN used the plunger to get her out. Her name is Simone. I don't know her last name, and it's irrelevant. Simone said it's not like every family doesn't have somebody battling drugs. So that's how you're supposed to sweep under the rug that Hunter Biden is a bad man from enemies foreign and domestic who bribed the imbecile, some call president. The most obvious election theft in American history. And now we're supposed to pretend it's just normal. It's like Pearl Harbor, only it's not. And we have unanswered questions for 22 years. We have millions of people who have died. Millions. We have Barack Obama, who expanded a two-front war into the seven that Wesley Clark spoke of. And his drone attacks, ironically, killed completely innocent people, 90% of the Barack Obama drone attacks, which is twice as much as George W. Bush killed innocent people, and the Democrats step-and-fetch trust fund butter-handed welfare roach said, guts, nothing. So see, this is the perfect stooge to have. 
Because what the Democrat mafia knows, they're not going to lose one vote. Every one of you step and fetch morons that think you're going to get one of those pensions where you could sit on your big fat asses and pretend to be men of success. You'll sell out your mother for a pension. You're Democrats. Roger on the south side. Hey, quick comment. Uh, love you, Sean. Love your show. Thank you, brother. I love your fan base and what you have, what you've built up. I love even the, the morning answer, great uh, that Dan has built up. I wanted to say, make one comment, and I don't want to be the guy that, with the glass half empty. <laughs> if if we have people who follow, we 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 think the same way as maybe that you project every day when you broadcast, who are worried about <clears throat> how the, the White House or the president or any elected officials, all the way down to the worst alderman here in Chicago, how something looks. We still have, I think, very good people who, who know a little bit what's going on right now, but this is what they're saying. Like a guy two two times back, and he, I know he's one of your, he, he's, he's far, as far as I'm concerned, he's Thompson family. Yeah. But if people don't realize, and I hope people listen when I say this and don't think there's just some guy who who's angry. All right. In a fight, there comes a point where the words, it's over with. You're in the you're in the no fly zone. If people can't see what's going on from the smallest level of government in Chicago, Illinois, the suburbs, Melrose Park, everywhere, all, all the way up to the White House, yeah. If they can't see that the talking is over and they're not willing to do something, I'm not saying go out and assassinate somebody, but no. get involved in every way that you possibly can. Not to be talking about how this looks on some. Roger, you know what I'm trying to do the, here. You know what I'm trying to do here? I'm trying to get all the good people to understand, to understand yeah. that you've gone along with this La Cosa Nostra too long now. You've gone along. Yeah. Now you have to change it. Now, do I think Crook County, Illinois, and the sewer, the once great city, who I used to love, that now is a ghetto of corruption with this moron Lori Lightfoot in an extra large? Do you think I think it's going to turn around? No. But what I want them to do is what a friend of mine, I just went to Miami over the weekend, and I, a Melrose Park kid who lives there now. And we were talking. Mm-hmm. We have more and more friends, his brother-in-law now. Just, I want to get good people to not just forget about if you don't want to come to Florida. It's not for everybody. Fine. Right. But I want you to go where you matter. And you can matter and save Wisconsin. You can matter and save Iowa. The Illinoisans right now are putting up a secession movement where the southern bottom of the state wants to secede from the crooked morons in DuPage and Cook. Good. Let the trust fund scum ruin their own own areas and the value of their grandfather's property. I'm fine with it. But at this point, it's done getting along. If you think I'm going to tell people, I got Kevin on the other line, right? Go run for the Illinois Republicans. I told you what I think of Illinois Republicans. Illinois Republicans are a revolving door of corruption and pay-to-play. And I'll mention the Durkins, the Bradys, whatever. It doesn't matter. The proof is on my side. But the reality is you have one life, brother. You and I have gotten 22 years older since we cried and broke things after September 11th. And now the kids that celebrate this government, they don't even understand why it was different, what's different. So what you have to do is we have to teach our kids, keep them away from the Marxists and the communists, go to high ground and change the course of those states because the ones that are in Democrat sewers now, let them wallow. Wallow in it. That's what I think. Well, Thank you, brother. It, it, all right, you got it. Thank you. 312-642-5600. 
Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. What do I mean, squirrel? Here's what I mean. Here's the idiot that was just elected. Lori Lightfoot. Without the size 14-inch inseam, he's got to be at least a 32. Uh, His name is, what's his first name? Brandon Johnson. Listen to this. My responsibility is not simply to just grade the system, but to fund the system. That's how I'm ultimately going to grade whether or not our public school system is working based upon the investments that we make for the people who rely upon it. $30,000 per pupil the citizens of Illinois pay. Per pupil. 5% 5% in these ghettos, 5% can read. 3% can do math. It's a joke. And if you want to grade, Brandon, you fraud, you failure, you CPS communist profiteer, we don't have to grade by using grades. I know they can't read. I know they can't read. I know, and if we're going to give them grades, they're not going to be able to do the math to add it up. I want to grade. Here's how I want to grade. Let's grade like this. Tiny and Terrell police have now cleared the scene. The victim now at Northwestern Hospital recovering from that gunshot wound. Here's what we know. It happened at around 245 near Ontario and State, a busy area just outside and across the street from the new kids. Kidding, shooting, carjacking kids. Here's kids in Andersonville. A busy day for Andersonville businesses. Some left clear. Now, by the way, by the way, news mannequin moron that you couldn't become an actor because you're too ugly. A busy day isn't because they clean up messes. A busy day means business is thriving. What this is is a tragic day for business owners, you moron. Cleaning up after being vandalized last night, CBS 2's Darius Johnson joins us live with a look at some of the damage there on the north side. Darius, good evening. Hey there, Chris. Good evening to you. I can tell you that there's damage left to at least two businesses right here along Clark Street. Take a walk with me because I want to show you exactly what's left behind right here. Fun to watch this, this is guy just walk some of the spray far. paint that's left little, behind on the exterior of the Chase Bank. But if you take a closer look, you can see that all of the windows all around the entire building, all of them are left boarded up after being broken out overnight. Awesome. Take a look at some of the video that we've been able to gather since we've been up here this afternoon. Chicago police say all of this started just after 10 o'clock last night at the AT&T store at Carmen and Clark. That was left vandalized. You can see remnants of spray paint left behind after crews tried to clean it up earlier this morning. Then, after 10.30, the Chase Bank at Winona and Clark was also hit as well. You can see that they're all Get to the, the windows suspect, are broken. Sally. Spray paint is also covering the exterior. And Chicago police say a smoke grenade was thrown inside smoke one grenade. of those two biz. These kids got smoke grenades now? Ah, it's like Guatemala. A longtime employee at a nearby business tells me they were getting ready to close when they saw what appeared to be a large group of teens wearing ski masks, vandalizing property at first. See, that's the grade, Brandon Johnson. And that grade is a S for savage. For a society destroying itself. But we can always celebrate. There's good news for all the degenerate gamblers and the welfare people who have figured out a way to capitalize on free money. Hey, Mark and Samantha, good morning. Happy Saturday. Well, we have finally reached the end of that at least initial line to get into Bally's new temporary River North Casino. Take a look for yourself, folks. Are temporary still- River North Casino called Bally's. Well, how'd the grand opening go, Squirrel? Bally's Casino. Police tell us a 21-year-old man was walking on the sidewalk when a silver Dodge pickup 
fired shots. The man was shot in the left leg and taken to the hospital in good condition. Police tell us they are still investigating the shooting. Across the street from the casino. Have you had enough Democrat utopia? Or are you thirsty for more? Just make sure your kids don't buy that for the family. They got to stay bulldog. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The problem is that we've adapted to accepting statistics and information from the most pathological, most obvious liars among us, the government. The government is going to release economic numbers this week. Ooh, is it the CPI? Is it the PPI? It's all of it. Does any of it matter when they've been bastardized? Does any of it matter? Have we ever gotten a true number on anything out of our government? What about unemployment? How can it be that 63% of Americans are on some form of welfare? And yet unemployment is at record lows? Is it really? When I want information like this, I go to only one source who gives me the absolute truth because this is his business. He is E.J. Antonia of the Heritage Foundation. How are you, kid? Sean, I am hanging in. How are you doing? Oh, I get aggravated on these days where I'm supposed to wrap a blindfold around my eyes so I can't see the swindle. Yet it always comes from the same area, and that's what you call your hometown, Washington, D.C. Well, that's the truth. I mean, <laughs> you know, this this administration, I feel like, though, is just really giving it to us uh, in spades. You know, when, when you brought up the jobs numbers, when we look back at, at the jobs numbers under the Trump administration, for example, you know, you'd have some months where things were revised up, others they were revised down. Some years, same thing, revised up, revised down. This administration, it's amazing. Things only go one way, and it's always and, that things are worse than we thought. And you're talking six figures. In fact, there hasn't been a revision in the last, what, eight months that hasn't been 100,000 or more from the numbers that are stated. Well, the numbers are stated, you and I know this, are for a specific market reaction. So they can hide behind the failure that is Bidenomics, which is a quasi-Keynesian soiree of corruption that we can't even fathom. And John Maynard Keynes would vomit if he knew the kind of scandal that, that was being used in his name. Would he not? Oh, absolutely. Sean, it's amazing. So few people remember this, but the last thing he ever wrote was, was a newspaper article that was actually published uh, posthumously because he, he died after writing it and before it could even appear in print. And he talks about how so many of the politicians are, were taking his theories and twisting them into an excuse to just spend more of the people's money. You know, E.J., but that's all these idiots that vote uh, party affiliation. That's all they need are talking points, right? I mean, does anybody really look into a very simple statistic that really tells the economic uh, reality of a nation? And that is how many of the citizens are on welfare? Why is it that we are hard-pressed to talk about this? You never hear Republicans speak of it. Is it because they're afraid to state the obvious or because they're afraid of the truth? Oh, goodness. Maybe it's both. I mean, when it comes to uh, Republicans and not wanting to touch 
uh, welfare, provide any reforms. I think part of the reason why that has gotten so bad recently is the fact that, like you just said, a majority of Americans are on these programs. And so as soon as you start talking about cutting benefits, you're basically going to anger a majority of voters. But there has never been an articulation of what the benefits are. Listen, I believe there are good people in bad times that must be on a program from time to time, and I am actually in support of that. But the program has to have a mission statement, it has to have clarification, and it has to have some sense of truth, because what we have fallen victim to is everything all of the founders and the people, the philosophers, till Aristotle understood. Once you have created a system that allows people to vote to enrich themselves, you have a bastardized system set on the course of failure. That's the fact. And that describes really our last 50 years. Right. Unfortunately, that's exactly where we find ourselves today. And once you get to that point where, and and actually, you know, Sean, I would go so far as to say that this has been a problem for for more than 50 years. This is the kind of problem uh, that started with with changing how senators got elected, for example, so that they basically just became the exact same thing as the people in the House of Representatives. Right. All of these different parts of government are supposed to have different constituencies so that it becomes almost impossible to get a a simple majority to be able to do whatever they want. But that's the road we've been heading down. And now that we've arrived there, you're 100 percent right that once 50 percent plus one person have a financial incentive, maybe it's robbing the other 49 percent. They're going to do it. Well, that's exactly what we have. I mean, that's exactly what we have. But what they're forgetting is an era in which this country had a lot more character. It's ironically the same era that they rejected this imbecile Joe Biden for being a pathological liar and fraud. In the 80s, an entire movement was started because the so-called Republicans back then ran on something called welfare reform. Yet I look at these modern-day butter-handed corporatist scum calling themselves Republicans. They're cowards, don't even want to touch it. When you have 63% of our nation, and this is the most sad statistic of all, cannot write a check for an unexpected bill over 500 bucks. It's game over. You're a bankrupt nation. Or you're a tale of two worlds where you have poor and rich. In either case, why are Republicans avoiding running on specific benefits to Americanism, property rights, and capitalism? Well, I think it's definitely the second situation where there are some people who are doing extraordinarily well under Bidenomics. They yeah. are the donor class. And then you have the rest of us. Uh, you know, but in terms of why, why aren't they doing anything about it? You know what? I'm frankly, I'm not sure that many of the senators or the congressmen actually understand these programs. You know, for example, I, I literally have they talked to elected, to elected officials who, who don't understand that there are more than three different programs that deal with rental assistance alone. So many of these elected officials don't even understand the laws that are already on the books. How on earth can we possibly expect them to, to go about any kind of responsible reform like we saw in the 1990s if they don't even understand the system they're supposedly trying to reform? You know what's funny? I rail, and, right, and, and I believe rightfully, against the corruption and fraud and skullduggery in the Pentagon. It's outrageous. They've misappropriated $6 trillion in the last 20 years. But the next agency that has misappropriated and cannot account for $3 trillion or $4 trillion now 
is the housing of uh, HUD, Housing Urban Development. That is a system of ridiculous, not just redundancy, but waste, fraud, unaccountability. They can't pass an audit. And you're dealing with these people. Are they just simply afraid of, look, that's the agency that deals with the handouts. That's the agency that houses uh, uh, voters. And we're not going to touch it. In fact, we hope nobody notices it. Because this, to me, is a major scandal. When you've got two bureaucracies that arguably have lost $10 trillion in 20 years that they can't, they can't account for. Oh, it certainly is a scandal, but you know the the bureaucracy doesn't want to see these things go away because they're they're cash cows, they're money machines. So I can give you just one example. One of the bedroom communities uh, here in D.C. is Loudoun County, Virginia. A family of four can get up to twenty eight thousand dollars a year in rental assistance alone through these programs through HUD. That is one welfare program. We're not talking. Food stamps. We're not talking, uh, you know, the telecommunications assistance, so that they can all get free phones. We're not talking about uh, the, the different transportation programs that are also available. One single program, twenty-eight grand. So then, what happens is the recipients of this corruption, the Tony Rescos of the world, they make so much money. They keep uh, throwing fundraisers, and they've bought themselves an entire political party and the Democrats. But the corporatists who uh, really profiteer from corporatism and i thought of this today and it, it i i found this clip i want you to hear this taking a look at ford shares moving to the upside of just about one percent automaker winning a massive loan from the department of energy yahoo finances proud supermanian has the details on that with just over nine billion dollars and it's ford and their battery manufacturing partner right right so nine billion Dollars goes to this phony company. There is no American car companies. They're pass-throughs of corruption. And the UAW threatens right now, as we speak, to bring the uh, American so-called auto sector to its knees with a strike. And I've got, you know, people have a lot of misinformation. Ford didn't take the money. They're unaware of not just the $9.2 billion they just got, but the $10 billion they got in the collapse. When you realize all of the missing money, all of the corporatism in the Republican section, all of the domestic welfare in the Democrat section, when you see Joe Biden on this weekend go to the G20 and promise American money to build infrastructure in former enemies of America, in Saudi Arabia, in India, in Brazil, and throughout South America, they're just cutting people in on the scam because they know we are at the tipping point. We are broke. The $33 trillion can't be ignored. And the only way to survive is to cut more people in on the scam. It's like a Ponzi scheme, right? A hundred percent. And, you know, just, you know, people are saying, oh, well, what's the big deal, right? We have more debt. So what? You know, we had a lot of debt before. We just have a little bit more now. It doesn't matter. You know, all the people said the sky was falling have been proven wrong. Okay, sure. But guess what China and Japan are doing? They're getting rid of all their U.S. Treasury holdings. Russia has already gotten rid of all of theirs. Eventually, Mm -hmm. there's going to be no one left to buy all that debt. But the Fed, where do you think inflation goes after that? But regarding that clip, Sean, I think what the the most important thing that listeners need to understand is all of those loans, and it's all part of that that nonsensical Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, 
uh, all of those loans to these companies for so-called green energy, the taxpayers on the hook for all of those. And these businesses know it. So what that means is these businesses are taking out these massive loans, billions of dollars, putting it to the most reckless and silly investments possible because they know if it all goes south, they don't have to pay any of it back. Not a dime. You and I have to pick up the tab. So they have all upside and no downside. I'd say that's a pretty good arbitrage. If any, yes, it is. That's exactly what it is, too. Uh, the problem is not all of us can get in on it. But here's the other other real scandal that I think was a missed opportunity, and I'm hoping that Donald Trump rectifies it and starts to talk about it. The, the way in which we structure our debt is moronic at best, irresponsible if you can give the, the grace of a mistake. But this notion that we have a constant floating day-to-day uh, uh, cost-reflective debt is a real problem. People don't know exactly what the structure is of our debt. If anybody could have came in and said, we're reorganizing the national debt, we are freezing it for 15 years on $10 trillion, on 20 years on $10 trillion, and on uh, uh, five years for $3 trillion. It was Donald Trump because this is his business. The way in which real people operate is they control and perfect the art of debt if they're going to have any. But yet our national debt fluctuates every day and we can't track the profits or the losses or whatever the case is. Don't you think it's time for politicians who are running or people who want to run to start to talk about reorganizing and controlling our debt because the real elephant in the room, the Pritzker in the room, is that we owe that money to ourselves. We can reorganize it. This idea that some entity that's not affiliated with the federal government but calls itself the Federal Reserve can just make profit up, it's over with. I say it's 0% until we dig our way out. What about that? Well, you know, one of the things that Donald Trump, look, he, he made a lot of mistakes, right? I think you and I agree on that, especially in his last year. But one of the things that Donald Trump was, I think, absolutely right about was he said, why on earth are we are we issuing the majority of our debt in these very short term uh, T-bills yeah. where the max the max term on these things is only 52 weeks? It's constantly having to be rolled over. We're constantly subjected to whatever the fluctuations in, in market interest rates are. Why don't we do a 50 year bond? Right. And that would have been a that would have been a really, really good idea when rates were darn near zero. But you could now, have put 19 trillion in a 50 year bond. Let everybody reorganize. Let all the banks out of the bad paper that put them at risk, because that's the other thing no one's talking about. Our banking system is done. It's over with. And you were just hoping nobody notices. Isn't that the case? Right. And what's really scary is you know this, this bank term funding program that the Fed started back in March. Uh, these loans only last a year. So unless everything that the banks were putting up as as their devalued collateral, unless that was all very short term treasuries, which expo- which you know mature before that year is up, guess what? Those banks will be in exactly the same position they were before, except they don't have the money to give back to the Fed that they borrowed because they used it to pay depositors. So now they're going to have to get that money that they need to repay the Fed by selling other securities that have also lost value. I mean, the banking sector is just hosed, absolutely hosed. 
And this is like, you know, the, the thing no one is supposed to mention. I hate that. You know, you're sitting there with a giant goiter on your neck, and I'm not supposed to look at it. But this seems to be what they're relying on, because this is, goes unmentioned by so-called Republicans. Do they have a plan? Because the other thing is, if anybody can lie to the American people and swindle more money, it's this administration and every Democrat administration. Is that what's coming next? Because as you know, these bureaucracies are already tapped out, even though the Republicans wrote a blank check 70 days ago and were already broke. What's the play in the future? Inflation, I think that's how this administration intends to, to work their way out of this problem. You know, look, inflation's a tax. We've talked about this I don't know how many times, but it, it's just a way for them to tax you without actually having to pass a law that says they're taxing you. The average American worker right now is paying more uh, on his hourly wages in the hidden tax of inflation than he is in federal income taxes. I mean, that's why people feel like they're, they're so badly off today. It's because they are. We've effectively doubled the federal income tax. Yeah, but that's the worker. The welfare roach, I've got clips from a welfare queen. She's got 600, 700,000 followers, and she's one of 100,000 on YouTube that tell people how to navigate welfare. Welfare grows, ironically, with inflation. It's an inflation hedge. Is that why Manhans, officially referred to as Janet Yellen, is calling for a successful soft landing? She's really talking about the separation of any classes. It's just going to be welfare class and those people who are already rich before Biden stole the office, right? Oh my gosh. I, Sean, I, I went through the roof this morning when I saw that stupid article, I think it was in Bloomberg, <laughs> yes. where Yellen talked about the, the soft landing and things are looking good. <sighs> and then she's got the audacity to say that inflation uh, continues to slow Please. down. It accelerated in July. Yeah. And I guarantee you that on Wednesday, Wednesday's data is going to show it accelerated again in August. Inflation's moving in the wrong direction. It's not slowing down. I mean, we are in serious trouble here. And these people are ostriches with, with head and Heads in their sand. Yeah. The only thing that would have made that worse is if it was televised and she had yoga pants on. In the meantime, when you see that uh, Joe Biden is guaranteeing more and more spending, the Republican Party, which apparently is back in session, I don't hear Kevin McCarthy. Is there anybody in the position of government talking about controlling spending and not giving a blank check? Because when they're quiet like this and we're this close against the exit sign, I think they're going through the door. What do you think? Well, we, we have about, I don't know, a, a dozen or so true conservatives in the House of Representatives uh, that, that intend to hold the line. And, and hopefully there's <laughs> enough disagreement between the rest of the Republicans and the Democrats in the House uh, that they can't pull, pull another one on the American people like they did when they suspended the debt ceiling. So I, 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 you know, the show is in Chicago. I still have, I go back off and I was just there. I got to go back again and the rest of it. And when I go there, it's funny. They've got a massive problem with the uh, illegal aliens. And the illegal aliens get there and they do the same thing in Chicago that they do in New York and New Jersey. And they basically are like, ah, I'm here. What do you got for me? Uh, is there any Congress birthing people or others on the Republican side that you deal with? They're talking about, they're not entitled to our welfare. I don't know what the hell is going on, but it's going to stop. Why are we funding cities that nullify immigration law and then burden us with the cost of their nullification and somehow the taxpayers are going to pay it off? Why, is anybody speaking about this? 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, maybe, maybe one or two people. Maybe it's not nobody, but it, it's darn near no one. You know, Sean, the, the welfare reform that we talked about earlier from the 1990s, almost half of the cost savings that the government had from that was simply denying immigrants welfare. The government said, look, if you're going to come to this country, you don't get, you're not entitled to these services. You need to actually come here and work. That was half of the welfare savings. Imagine what it would do today when we have millions more people on welfare. So Bidenomics, the controlled demolition of the dollar, is that the title of your next book? And are you going to give me a credit for it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, we can co-author at this point. At this point, we are. Thank you, my friend. I love having you on. I love the fact that you and Heritage put up this constant fight. You know I love you for it, but uh, you're still paying full price for a cigar. Deal? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Stop trying to cheer me up, squirrel. Today went fast, didn't it? That's it. We got two segments left. If you want to grab the line, 312-642-5600. Mark in Oaklawn. Sean, thanks for taking my call. I tell you what, you know, I was thinking about thinking about your show. You know, when I listen to you, you give me hope. You really do. You know, you, you got a lot of heart. You're sincere. I know you're an entertainer. And you you're got a great sense of humor. You can laugh at yourself, but but you really give me hope, and I appreciate that. But I wanted to it means the world to I, me. I Thank to you very about, much. Well, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. You know, I wanted to talk about nine one one, and you know the day of the anniversary and everything. You know, you think about it. You know, it's really hard to tell. Was it perpetrated? Was it real? Was it a hoax? You know, I still don't know. But but I know a couple things. I know that uh, the people that were in charge of those uh, Twin Towers, the buildings, the Bush security, Marvin Bush, he was the guy in charge, Bush's brother. And, uh, and, and as you know, there was a trillion-dollar audit going on the next day uh, uh, against points, the uh, money trillion. that was lost in the Treasury. You know? Two, it's almost like a novel. You, know, you can't make the stuff Do you know, Mark, why I, know, I get upset? I was a clerk yeah. at I was a clerk at the Merck, and um, I had go- become a trader. But I still would go back to where I used to clerk, and I liked my customers. And there were guys from Citibank and Goldman and and uh, Fiji Bank, and there was a, a a guy who had a customer, and he was in the Twin Towers. And we would talk from time to time. I didn't know him, and I, it's not like I went to New York and met. I didn't. But he was about my age, and he he had a daughter that was my daughter's age. And he died there. And yeah. I am still aggravated every freaking day, every time somebody mentions it. And all of those guys, you know, the, the median age for all of those people was 37 years old. 37 years old. And you look That's at young. what happened, and then you look at the guys like, uh, like Tommy Waller, who went away and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vindicate everything. And then you look at all of them that are dead or injured. And you look at the profiteering, and you look at the result. 22 years later, and I have to look at this whore, this fraud, this draft dodger from Vietnam, pretend to be the president, or pretend that he won, and all the rest of it, without addressing any of the questions we have. And then over the weekend, enriching the Saudi prince? No, brother. That's why I do it. And this isn't for everybody, Mark. This show is not for everybody. And I know I make you're the you're guys going. nervous, but it's, you know, it, it is. Listen, they knew this when they signed me, and I love this company. 
They signed me and they and took you know, a shot, you, and I'm not going to bend knee. And, and they never asked me. This is the only company I know of that would ever put a guy like me on. So I love them for it. Awesome. And, uh, thank you, babe. Thank John, you. and you know what? The one result from the 911 was the war, the Iraq war, because that's how they justified going to war. There's and two guess results, who was though. over there? Guess who was negotiating with the Russians, trying to get the Russians to come into the war against the Iraqis? And, and by the way, they wiped out a million Iraq young people. They destroyed that whole. Biden's brother went to 1.5 million. That was over in Russia negotiating. Was it Biden? That's who it was. Biden's brother? Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden. Well, his brother right. got the contract, $1.5 billion for an Iraqi home. Everybody see, yeah. any, Anybody yeah. ever see a Biden home in Iraq? Never. That's, Sean, that's how like you know. One, one big corrupt. cabal. It's one yeah. cabal. You got, you got the Bushes. You got the Bidens. You got Obama. You yeah. got uh, the Clintons. It's a cabal. They're, it's almost like good cop against bad cop. And, Mark, I'll tell you this. They if played you, if, one against the other. If after you hear the flat line and your, your kids are around you and you hear the flat line and you, you open your eyes and you see any one of those people you just named, don't look for St. Peter. Thank you very much. Rob on I-90. How you doing, Sean? Good, Rob. How are you? Great. You're one of the best interviewers I've ever heard, and oh. you have some fantastic guests. Thank you, I babe. Strongly urge, I strongly urge you to talk to Salem to get your half-hour interviews Put together five of them and get them nationally sent out. They're they're well, that. Rob. I'm going to put you on hold because my lovely honey bunny, who I love to death, does that anyway. We're going to put you on. Hold. We're going to give you a T-shirt. Thank you very much for recognizing the brave people at Salem, who ironically are under attack constantly, and it's from the phony fraud establishment lobbyist who are Republicans. The Democrats know I'm on to them, and they're not interested in drawing more attention to themselves. So the people at Salem and the people specifically in our office in Chicago are, are absolutely wonderful, and I love them to death. Thank you for the vote of confidence. Cream Puff Jim, what bothers you most in all this scandal is Mark yeah. Meadows, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mark Meadows, I, get a, I, get a, I, I zero in on that crazy you Mark. You got a zero. Uh, zero, but, baby. Uh, but but you know, zero well. You know, because he, he, first of all, he's going to get tried with the rest of the, the presidents in this case. He can't yeah. kick it up to the federal court. But what's interesting about him is the woman who worked for him, you know, she testified for the January 6th committee, and said that that morning he was watching porno on his phone, and yeah. people were begging him, begging him, will you call Trump and tell him to call off the dogs here? Are you ignored sh- it completely. Are you sure it was porno it? and not the well, video feed into no, the vice presidency? No, no, it, it, it had to be. With that nut, it had to be. Hey, listen. Anyway, in that porno, did you ever see it. Willie Brown in there? You'll figure out why they call him Sweet Willie Brown. Kamala Harris could tell you, but uh, you could figure it out for yourself. In the meantime, there's something else going on in Florida you should know about. Florida has a, an eclectic crew of people. Now, I live in Collier County, which I believe is the absolute best of the best. I have to drive to see a Democrat and a socialist and a Marxist and a communist or a Nazi. And where do you drive? You drive to the East Coast. Oh, the East Coast is beautiful. And I just had a wonderful weekend in Miami. It's fantastic. But there's a lot of crackpots. That's where the Democrats have kind of a foothold. And I have been saying for decades, Nazis are socialists. The Nazi Party is the Democrat Party. But you hear these moron fascists, the same one like the one in New Mexico who wants to take away your Second Amendment or the ones all over the country that want to force you to put that tragic vaccine in your arm. Nazis are Democrats. And it's nice to hear the new Nazis. Now, this crew of inbred morons, socialists and Nazis was on the east coast of Florida. This is sweeping 
the information in the news in Florida. I thought you should hear it. This is a Nazi. Christopher, there's a presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen with My vote is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. <laughs> in, in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell, Ukraine. Hell, Ukraine. Now, if you couldn't hear that inbred, ugly product of cousin, marriage, or copulation, whatever... He said, I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends weapons to the Azovs. And then they did some Yavol uh, nonsense that Nazis tend to do. Here, let's hear it again. We might as well. Christopher, there's a presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen? My vote is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. In, in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell, Ukraine. Hell, Ukraine. There you go. Nazis for the Democrats, as it's always been, except when Prescott Bush used to do their banking, along with another Democrat. George Naperville. Sean, there's no place like a Biden home. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for crack and hookers and to normalize Trump. Side girls called their second wives. 312-642-5600. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I built the, I built the bell, bell tower in Neighborville for your last caller. Hey, uh, 52, uh, 72 bells. The biggest one is 12,500 pounds. The littlest one is 10. It's a musical instrument. Fourth largest in the world, and nobody knew how to figure it out except me. But really? I want you to know, not only am I a talented, cow, uh, 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 talented caller, on this historic day, we're going to be serious now, Sean. All right. I I am announcing my candidacy for United States Senate against Tammy Baldwin, who's uh, she's got a girlfriend. Is Tammy Baldwin a Democrat? Tammy Baldwin's a Democrat. Ah, uh, you got and, my support. And my her reflection. and her and her her father came up here from Indiana years ago and set up office in Milwaukee and started handing out welfare dollars and yeah. that's why it says Baldwin Way in Milwaukee. How are you going to beat that? How are you going to beat the handout in Milwaukee uh, of all places? How are you going to beat the handout? I got enough people to live down, you know, do you ever see that say try it in a small town? Yeah. I'm trying it in a small town. And right. uh, so I'm announcing my candidacy and thank you for you for helping me out and being my friend. Absolutely, Chuck and Dullivan. You're my guy. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this, and I'll take all of your calls. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So I inundated my lovely honey bunny this weekend with clips. Poor thing. How many clips, anybody? 50. 50 on the head? 50. Like 50 cent. All right, good. We got a lot of clips, and I didn't play some, so I want to uh, kind of get caught up. Now, you heard the nappy poo, right, Joe Biden? But there's something else I found telling. And uh, let's see. Just following my orders here. Just following my orders here. And then he went on to give away our country and support the enemies of the principles of our nation. And he said this. If Many of you are foreign policy experts who have been engaged for a long time. 
Did you ever think you'd be sitting at a G20 conference where everyone was preoccupied with the notion of global warming? Now, global warming is a lie and a fraud, and we know it is. It always has been from the time there was going to be the Ice Age to now when no one wants you to have any perspective into history or the fact of what's really going on. But um, what, you're, what it will be used as a weapon, as all Democrat mafia weapons are, of control and to impoverish you. And it made me think of not just what's going on in Maui and the billionaires and all the rest of it, but one in particular scumbag who has a propensity... I think he w- he worked part time as a stewardess on the uh, the Epstein plane, didn't he? He was at the island of pedophilia a lot. He's a creepy looking son of a gun. In fact, I think he stole the idea for his company, like Zuckerberg, and he's even a little more creepy. Yeah, I'd probably have one of the highest greenhouse gas footprints of anyone on the planet. You know, my my kind of personal flying uh, alone is gigantic. Now I'm spending quite a bit uh to buy aviation fuel uh that was made with plants you know i switched to an electric car i've used solar panels i'm paying a company that actually at a very high price can pull a bit of carbon out of the air and stick it underground and so i'm offsetting my personal emissions so these idiots that vote democrat aside from the destruction they see in the big cities that were once great like chicago and the normalization of corruption. These idiots can't figure out this scam. That's why I don't tolerate them. That's why I'm not looking for their approval. If you vote for Democrats like this, you deserve everything you get in the areas they rule over. The problem is when you export it to Washington, D.C. Because then I have to put up with your idiots from your local areas like Nancy. I can't and how we go forward has to be in a way that unifies America, that just doesn't further divide. And no- Okay, well, then I want you and your stinky hammer husband and every Democrat who are insider trader arrested. I want them arrested. But the one thing's for certain. I want them to stop creating policies of chaos, both foreign and domestic. And domestic, I am also aware of what you're doing. You're, you're moving forward with the racist Margaret Sanger's platform to kill all, a lot of minorities and tell people it's their right to do so. And nobody does that better than the most obvious office tramp this country's ever had in any position, but most importantly, the vice presidency. So what what is it that you believe? I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Which We're was, not trying to do something new. Well, that There's, was nebulous because it was about viability, which could be anywhere between 20 to 24 weeks. And But it, so, no, 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 no. Let, that's, let's, that let, was me, in let me be very clear. The Women's Health Protection Act that let the White me be, House also Let me endorsed. be very clear. From day one, the president has been clear. I have been clear. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law since the Supreme Court took it. Congress has the power and ability to pass legislation to put those protections back in law, and Joe Biden will sign that bill. So here's the thing. The, the Supreme Court already said that states should do this, and if you want to live in a ghetto state with Democrats, then live in there. And if you want to kill your babies, and that's a principle that the taxpayers want to support and pay the people that kill them and the entities that facilitate it, then, then, then live there in those Democrat states. But that's not good enough for the true fascists, the government supremacists. And if you think we're going to reason with people who somehow justify the murder of the most innocent form of life on the planet, by the people who are supposed to be taking care of them, 
I don't really care if a Democrat that would support the murder of their own child and the payment of it by people like me, I don't care if they agree with me on foreign policy or the origins of the most successful PSYOP called the Biden administration or the second most successful PSYOP called 9-11. I don't really care if you agree with me because we need righteousness, Americanism, and the principles of liberty and the Enlightenment, not the virtue shield of fascism that enriches the corrupt. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.